When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, it's me, Thomas Enders. Have you listened to my new podcast yet? Modern Talking, Just Different. Now everywhere where you find your podcasts. And it's really true. You won't get closer to me anywhere else recorded in my living room. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Now in your favorite podcast app, Modern Talking, Just Different. We have a date. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. We are live. Put out, the, put out the tweet. Here we go. The tweet's there. Is the tweet there? There's a tweet there. Uh, right, okay. Warming up. It's warming up. <laughs> Someone has said that they are waiting for this like a junkie, quite frankly. Because it, 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 yeah, it. I think there's going to be some therapeutic stuff. It's one way or another. We're all in it together, aren't we, guys? And some home truths need to be said today on today's pod. Um, and we'll all get through it together. But this is... It feels like a landmark day. It really does. Feels like it's not going to be a nice episode for me. <laughs> I feel like I'm being punished. It feels like it's going to be a I've very long, miserable season. Yeah. All right. Okay, we've got people in the room. Uh, welcome to the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Uh, this is a live podcast. If you've never seen this face before, you've heard him. It's Matt Candela. Uh, and I'm in his house because I moved out of mine today. And Johnny, um, you've been seeing him all summer, drinking Camden Hills. We're uh, on the Pacifico. Nice Mexican uh, lager. Yeah. Nice. Um, and and I, I needed it after that. All right. So we'll start the podcast in three, two, one. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We are live with our first on the whistle of the season. And it's going to be a depressing one because Arsenal just lost... To, to Brentford, it was uh, it, it was a continuation of the misery that we've seen last season. And I don't think this is going to be a pleasant episode for any of us, um, certainly not me. I've ripped down my Arteta fanboy posters. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find numbers to get the tattoo taken off of my arm. Um, let's go to Johnny with the first hot take of the season. Johnny, what did you make of the Brentford result? Um, yeah, this... 
this is the end is just ringing out in my head to be fair you know the doors or whatever it's, it's just ringing out it's it's I don't know how and and we are coming at you because there's people who feel that you know they've given me the responsibility of trying to speak some truth to power here Pete and at the moment you're someone with some power and I've and I've got to I've got to slam you some truths mate because what did we say the other day? I, I said, look, I don't know where this confidence is coming from. I'm worried. I'm, oh, no, no, no. Lakonga's look good, which he did. Oh, you know, um, we're starting to get more coherent. Arteta will get to get... No, no, none of that. Absolutely none of that. Let's just put an end to it right now. There are small little kernels of positivity that we will be able to go over. I love Demil Smith-Rowe. I, I think the guy is great. He, I love the way he moves the ball. He's excellent. Matt Candela's um, back to be the chief uh, Smith-Rowe fanboy, so fair play. Um, we, we can wax lyrical on him. Lekonga, I did like what I saw out of him. Um, but let's be honest, there were so many concerning things. And it would be, it's not trying to be a doom monger or, a scare, you know, or scaremongering by focusing on the negatives, because there were so many. And the simple fact is, is that I'm not going to, you know, try and write him off. It's his first game. But Ben White absolutely got sent back to the Island Villa on Love Island by um, their geezer in the first half, sent for his lunch, absolutely all over the gaff. He looked like he had a torrid time against Ivan Tony. And it looks like we're very vulnerable from balls in the air all of a sudden. In terms of how we're attacking, which is my absolute point to you, which I was saying last time, we we look we play so poor now. We really do. I, there's no coherency in what we do. What we do, we play like a bunch of individuals. And, and the fact is, is unless it's Emil Smith-Rowe picking up the ball and going, right, I'm going to do a gaz around everyone, we just look like we, there's no coherency with the way that we're trying to break teams down and the way that we're trying to, you know, impose our will on a... Let's let's be honest. Brentford are a willing unit, and they and they've got some decent enough players. But we should be steamrolling these guys. They they're obviously going to apply themselves, but we at least on paper have better players. But the difference is what you saw is a team that clearly knew what they were trying to do. They were playing to their strengths and and trying to limit um, the 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 idea of getting exposed on their limitations. And another team that still doesn't have character, still doesn't understand fully what it's meant to do, and outside of a few individual positive performances, looks just as lost as we did at the start of last season. And I think that we really need to pull the we need to pull the trigger on this guy, get him out, Arteta out. You've heard it here first. You're going to hear it again this season. He's he's not good enough, and he needs replacing. It's as simple as that. Ooh, Arteta out already. Uh, that didn't take long. Matt, <laughs> I don't think you could get a hot take than that. That's uh, that's volcanic. Matt, what's your uh, what's your hot take? Oh, mate, I'm I'm depressed. I'm depressed after that. Uh, just to be completely honest, I was looking at all these fixtures and I was just assuming it was three points today, and was thinking, you know, it's. We need those, just assuming we're going to get those three because we weren't going to get anything from the next two games. And now you look at it and it's just miserable. Uh, not just the performance was miserable, uh, the way the players came out. And I think over the years, what we've seen from Arsenal, when we have a good season, and we say it, we say it about the way we play, when we have a good season, we always have a good start because we're such a confidence team. And what it now looks like is we're going to have a fucking awful start because we've now got Chelsea and City and we're all over the place. So I'm just pretty depressed about what this means for the whole season now. Um, on the game itself, you know, just echo everything that Johnny said, that total lack of coherency, total lack of a plan, no press, no passion, no drive, no nothing. And... You know, we were talking yesterday, we went out for a few drinks and we were talking about Arteta and, you know, as the manager, you have to set the tone for the whole club. And he's acting like a fucking prick. Um, he is not someone who is inspiring or coming across as someone you lead into battle. He's coming across like Mourinho used to in his third season. 
You know, this is he's acting like third season Mourinho, where he starts acting like a bit of an asshole for some reason to try and get stuff out of it. The only problem is when Mourinho does it in his third season, he's won the league in the first. <laughs> Arteta's done eighth and eighth, and now he's and now he's acting <laughs> like this. So it's it's just just terrible. Um, no bright spots, you know, like 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 in some good individual performances. Smith Rowe, obviously. Um, Tierney with a lot of energy, although some of those balls in were just fucking terrible. Don't know why we're playing like that with 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 no one in the box. But yeah, it's 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 depressing, and 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 I don't know where we go from here. Yeah, uh, I my 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 take of today's game is that it it was it was it was positioned as far more important than it should have been. It felt like a cup final to me going into this game anyway because if if we'd won that 3-0 and it was comfortable then we go into the Chelsea game we go into the City game and two losses there and it's not really a problem now we're looking down the barrel of three straight losses to open the season and once you move into the the three straight losses like you're looking at the exact replication of what happened last season again and I, I want to go back on the point that Matt made about um, setting the tone for the club. I watched the two press conferences. I watched the Brentford manager, uh, who's arguably got a much tougher job this season. And he was asked what his expectations were this season. Were they just to survive? And he's, he was like, no. He said, we're, you know, we're going on a journey. So we're going we're gonna to go as far as we can. And it's going to be fun. And it's going to be exciting. And you know, we can't wait to bring everybody along for the ride. And you sit and you watch Arteta in that press conference yesterday, sullen, like, he, you know, because he hadn't been given all, all the players that he wanted when he wanted them. Um, it felt like a little bit of blame culture creeping in. Arteta made some very spiky comments about how Brentford have, uh, you know, they, they set the tone from leadership and everything falls out underneath it. And it just, it, it, if I was watching that as a player, I'd be like, wow, the, the manager doesn't really believe in this squad right now. And I thought the performance today lacked character, like the press conference, lacked leadership. And I, I wasn't surprised to see that result. And now Arteta is going to go into, into a home game with people smelling blood in the water. And he's only got himself to blame. He could have been pumping those young players in the press conferences. He could have been telling the fans about a vision. He could be setting an underdog tone, but he did none of that. And... I, it's a reflection of who he is as a as, as a character. Like you know, he's obviously not at the at the right level from a, a, a you know a mental a, a mental perspective. Like he, I don't think he has the right um, leadership characteristics at the moment. And I'm I, I think that this could be this feels like it, it's a death spiral. It feels like the start of a death spiral. And I don't know what's I don't know which team's going to show up against City or Chelsea, but you'd have to say, if you can't, if you can't do it against Brentford, we already saw what happened against Chelsea. But it doesn't even matter as well, the performances against City and Chelsea now, because if you lose, then, you know, it doesn't really matter that the confidence is going to be on the floor after three defeats. And I know it's, it's we're preempting that we're going to lose those two games now, but I think being at the Emirates is going to be a lot easier for us and starting away. And, and, you know, there are some mitigating circumstances being without, both Lacazette and Aubameyang is is, is 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 obviously not ideal, but yeah, I mean we're in. You don't want to be alarmist, but it's difficult not to be alarmist. That well, we're in deep shit. Let, let, let's be clear about things. You know, I sent a tweet out there once again, reiterating Arteta out, and some I don't even know who the goon is. To be fair, I don't think even think he's an Arsenal fan, but he's retweeting me going, "Look, state of Arsenal fans after one game." It's like if you think that me or anyone else calling for Arteta out is based on one game losing away to Brentford. You're not paying attention. I've been saying it since last year. I think he needs to go. He should have been sacked last year. He bought and earned a sacking last year. Somehow he's bundled on, and that's because of the ineptitude of the board and the people that manage him and their reluctancy to try to replace him because they've done such a shit job in appointing people. They're scared to appoint the next person because they've, Employed Emery, who, let's be honest, didn't do that bad a job <laughs> compared to what we're looking at right now. Everyone was hounding Emery out, but I think he was a victim of, quite frankly, 
a, a catchphrase. No, uh, he a, no, he was a victim of. Let's not let's not rehash Emery. Emery was a disaster. Let's... You know what? I'm I'm not trying to say that Emery Emery deserved to go when he went. But what I'm saying is is not just you, but there are others who are still defend who have defended Arteta, like in some ways that we've moved on. We've just got new problems. We got we got rid of some of the ones we had under Emery, and now we've got new ones. I I want to push back a little bit on the fact that even with and I appreciate there's an acceptance a bit from UP, a little bit of contrition if you like for some some um, Arteta supporting in the past. But there's also always this you know kind of oh things have happened around Arteta and you know we're cl- I I'm not sure he's a good coach. I'm really not. I really don't know if he is. I. When I see the way that we set up, repeated mistakes over and over again. The fact is, is that why I was so key to point out that he deserved to be sacked last year was why it was so incumbent upon him to make serious, serious... If you know how lucky you were to not get sacked at the end of last year, you have to address the squad issues you've got to replace properly. And that can't be, oh, it's all down to Eddie or whatever. Because if you're going to get sacked after losing a couple of games, you should be coming out going, these are the players I want. One, two, three in each position. If you don't get this person, you get that person. And if they don't get anyone, come out and start nailing it at the start of the year going, they can't sign anyone. Every I've told them 20 names and they can't sign half the players we want. There are gross, grave, grave um, inadequacies in our squad and, and the way that we play. And ultimately, I think that none of those major issues that everyone can see have been addressed over the summer. And I think that is... Quite frankly, gross negligence on our Yeah, I mean, I think um, part of the problem is he took on this manager role because if he's the coach, then he can he can he can do that. He can say, "Oh, I wanted these players. We haven't got the players in." But now he's manager. He's 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 as he's on he's on the hook as much as Eddie for these players. He's too involved. Yeah, and, and yeah. so and so it changes the dynamic of of the whole club. Like, like the balance of power is wrongly distributed at the moment. Like, like it's just he's just not in it's it's just it's it's not in the right place. So, you know, we can. I mean, the transfer window I think has been a disaster. Yeah. Um, it's been. I, I just think it's totally incoherent, um, and you could see it today because when you're when you're reading about it on Twitter or you're seeing the names or all this stuff, it's really easy to forget. That, that you can you can mask over things. The biggest problem we're going to have all season now is right back. Modern football, you cannot. Your fullbacks are two of the most important players on the whole on the whole pitch now. You know why do you think City went and spent 150 million or whatever it was on upgrading two fullbacks and it changed them? We've got Callum Chambers at right back. Callum Chambers is a terrible right back. He's not a terrible footballer. He's he's not a bad person. He is a shocking right back, and, and, and I just can't hear anything else. It, he's, he's, you're playing a centre half at right back. What are we doing? How can how can we fulfil a vision of that? And then on top of that, we spent fifty million on a centre half, and it's like we've got Mari Holding, uh, Gabriel. Um, I'm not saying any of them are great, but the right back had to be more of a priority than centre half, right? Yeah, but I, I think I don't think you can blame Arteta for not getting the players in. Like we have to, we can we can savage him for what happened on the pitch today. That's his fault. But I don't think I don't, I don't think we need to expand the remit uh, of blame. It's not his fault that he didn't get the players in on time. But when you set out a young team and they come out that wet, that's a problem on the coach. Where was the pressing? that we saw in pre-season completely disappeared. You can't blame Lacazette's lack of speed or energy. That A front three of Balogun in his first game, Martinelli and Pepe were diabolical all game. They're, 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 and you can complain about the service. Every time the ball went into Balogun, he lost it. And I know that he's only 18, but he looked 20, like a kid. He's 20. Sorry, he's 20. Um, but he looked, like, he looked like an 18-year-old out there today. Martinelli was non-existent. Uh, Pepe was nowhere, but uh, there, there was there was no force in that front three today, and that's that's on Arteta. It's like you can understand in the first six months maybe he couldn't get a press out of players that didn't want to do it. This is fully his team now, and still people aren't pressing. 
the, there's no pace out of the back. There's like we're, we're back to this sort of horseshoe style football. The football didn't move on. I've seen that Brentford performance. It feels like 50 times. And I thought the opening to this season, we had, we had Lokonga in midfield, you know, that additional verticality. We had Ben White in central defence. And the performance was exactly the same. Nothing changed. You're like, you added all of this ingenuity and this tactical rigour and nothing changed. But, but the other thing is, you could see exactly what Brentford were trying to do. Like, deep block. You know, they know we're terrible against a deep block. Deep block. Pepe, team up, yep. double, double teaming, watch out for stuff coming down the left, yep. uh, get in our faces, pressure, long balls in and long balls and flick-ons. They know that we hate the, bo- the, the long ball down the middle. We have for a decade. And all of it combined made it a really, really uncomfortable evening for us. What were we thinking? Because, I mean, Arteta is supposed to be a master strategist. Was he not looking at Brentford going... These guys, immobile, these guys are this, these guys are that. You need to do this on this guy. Because it felt like we'd never, I mean, it, it felt arrogant because it felt like we had no game plan for Brentford. It, it, it's true. Um, I just want to point out some of the people saying our stream crashed on Twitch. Um, can you let us know if we're back up and running, by the way? Um, just a little thumbs up or whatever. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's really, it's, it is a good point. I won't, go, yeah, we're back, I think, so... Um, right. Uh, basically, what I was going to say, I think, Matt, you, you know, I completely agree. There was a bit of arrogance about the fact that we didn't try to address our opponents um, and didn't really think about what Brentford were about and what they were going to do in a way like we were playing like peak Arsenal, you know, in the Wenger day when we could just roll into town and nick your lunch money. We are an average, average team right now. Like, you know, and, and this is why I'm saying that I'm so frustrated with this transfer window as well, because... When you look at it, the whole team at the end of this transfer window is set up in a way where we have placed so much emphasis on young players in our team. They have to be sick. Like, then they're not going to have an opportunity. If we're going to be successful, they're not going to have an opportunity to have a down year, a learning year. Saka needs to be on his way to world class this year. Smith Rowe needs to add 10 goals this year if we're going to be successful. You know, the other thing about Ben White as well, and, you know, I don't want to. Go, up, go too hard on him, it's his first game. But the one thing that I kind of looked at, and I and I suspect is the case, is for anyone who thought that we were buying ourselves like a, a leader at the back, a person who was going to organise and do stuff in the way that Diaz was brought in at Man City, and it wasn't just making up numbers, he became the pillar of the defence. Virgil van Dijk turned it around. And, and let's be honest, £50 million, that's a lot of money. You might well expect someone to be the new fulcrum of your defence. And I don't think Ben White's that. I think he's going to be a very capable number two. But I don't think he's going to be some kind of leader at the back that's going to, you know, rally all the troops and get us defending a different way. Um, In terms of all the points you've made, Pete, I agree. Like, in terms of the attacking lineup, I was disappointed with Balogun today, but... Again, it's his first game. This will be a theme where you're giving youngsters opportunities and they're going to have to hit the ground running. Um, but I thought Pepe as well. The guy looks like an absolute disaster. And this knee-jerk, just a complete roller coaster ride of this guy. By the end of the season, you're like, oh, is he actually a player? Is he, is he all right? And then we're back to, no, he's shit. He's actually shit. And he's 72 million. It hurts again. Why is it hurting? You know, and at this stage... Just, just chuck him in the bin. I'm sick of it. It's over now. Like the Pepe experiment's done. I'd rather be giving youngsters a chance. It's, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to get excited. We definitely need reinforcements in every position, including manager. For my money, I, 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 I am. I, I'll, I'll take the Arteta slander today. I will take it. But, but the, but the Ben White agenda after one game, surely I'm not having it. I, I am not having I thought, it. I thought Ben White was all right. Ben, ben White was good. When he got it, when it, you know, I had this uh, this moment, we're watching it on TV and I'm a, a bit hungover from yesterday and it was a bit blurred. And I imagined, you, you remember that moment in the game where he got himself into trouble and he was being pressed from three sides and I saw Rob Holding. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw Rob Holding and I was like, this is it. It, it. It's over. This is a goal. And then he pierced that ball. And you, so you can see what he's going to bring to the defence. And I think when you put him up against Gabriel, who is a much more capable centre-back than Pablo Marie, who looks so far out of his depth, 
you've got you've got a bruiser, somebody that's going to dominate aerially. You know, what was he top three in um, the French league for headed clearances or something like that? And then you've got Ben White, who brings a little bit of sophistication to proceedings. Um, I don't think Ben White is going to be a problem. I don't think Lekonga is going to be a problem. He like, great. The, yeah, the, the the front three oh. were, 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 were poor today. Um, but I think the bigger problem is like the instructions. And they that team didn't look like they'd been sent out with fire in their bellies. Didn't feel like it was an important game to many of them. And then you look around the pitch and... Jacka is the captain again. And listen, we've seen the way that he leads um, for the Swiss national team. You know he's important. But Matt and I were talking, we were like, imagine if we'd sold Jacka. Imagine how bad we would have been today. Yeah, he, he was one of our better players out there today. But Jacka sets, when Jacka is a tempo setter in your team, you've got problems, whether it's from a leadership perspective or whether it's from a skill. You know, he, he is the embodiment of a player that is, is a bit slow moving. Um, in our team, so I think it's that like when you when you actually break it down, the whole problem today was just the front three. Like, like there were problems elsewhere, but the real problem was the front three, and it was that there, there is there are some mitigating circumstances. But how can you get three players who all had terrible days at the office? Yeah, Balogun, Pepe, and Martinelli were all two out of ten. That none of them were more than a two out of ten, and when that happens, you just gotta. But that's, it's also where you've gotta maybe change the system. Um, you know, maybe maybe you just gotta play. You, maybe you gotta play Maybe you just gotta start Saka. You know, how many times did you just have to go and roll back Henri because you know you have to bring in Henri? You know, maybe Saka just needed to start. Um, you know, maybe like, that, right. that you you can't. It was just it was it was a crazy front three. That that front that front three plus Smith Rowe and hear me out. I'm going to sound really terrible when I say this. They're like street footballers, you know. Like if they were on your five side team, you'd win every single game. They're, they're street footballers, and then we don't allow them to play that style. We're asking street footballers to play this very rigid, structured tactical approach, and it, it almost lets the air out of their their style but you you're watching that game today and you were just like have a, have a crack have a go do something a little bit different do something a bit special like free yourself from this rigid overly structured system like the front three were bad but I, I wonder whether part of it is because their style is not suited to this sort of like very um boring overthought approach i mean i'm just shocked that arteta can come from Man City upbringing and still not have imprinted some sort of uh, attacking philosophy at the club. I mean, well, the, 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 the this only is creative player we've got is Smith Rowe. This is this uh, is the issue. Today, it, was, it was if you didn't give him the ball, nothing. There was just going to be no no creation other than balls coming in from Tierney on the left. No one else is capable of creating anything. But this is this is the problem, and you know, and, and I concur those faults, Matt. But the fact is, is that it's it's you know, obviously we're talking, you know, Smith Rowe for the for majority of the game. Saka wasn't on for most of the game, so it, you know, it speaks to why it was Smith Rowe. But when you look at the team, Smith Rowe realistically is the only one who has that bottled magic in him that he can just skin someone, turn it on, smash the ball in the net, like or. Fred someone through. The other players need a system that is going to bring the best out of them. And this does not bring the best out of them. Pepe goes hiding. Martinelli, I think there was a bit of fatigue, but he doesn't look like he enjoys it in this setup. Balogun, it's it's fresh and early and we can talk further on Ober and Lacquer missing the game. But ultimately, I don't think, from an attacking point of view, we have ever found a system that gets the best out of our best talent. And, you know, you, you brought it up there, Pete. I think it was a good point. For the ceiling when Arteta came in, there were people talking around, like, we might have a Guardiola 2.0. We're, we're expecting Tikka Taka. You know, we've got the the kids being raised raised in the, the uh, coming through the Hayland, like the Lamasia style. That's what we're going to have in a few years. They're all going to be playing the same way. It, it's junk. It's a, it's a nonsense. That's not what we're getting. We're an ordinary Premier League team. We are prime for, for the picking against 
teams like Brentford, Norwich in six in five in five games. Do you think they're going to be scared of Arsenal? Not a chance. Pookie looking to bang us up. That's what's going on. We need to start making dramatic changes because we've all seen how this story ends. It, it's it's a grim one, and I think it's a plane <laughs> flying over the Emirates. <laughs> we know that. We know what's going to happen. And I don't think anyone could be bothered. I think it would just be a bike or something. You know, yeah, it's, it's apathy. The apathy's back. Well, you, you, Matt, you said like at the start, you didn't expect us to kind of lose this game. I think the sad thing is that I think there was a lot of Arsenal fans that were kind of expecting a sting in the towel in this game, and I was one of them. I, I, I was not that confident about this game at all. I was confident that we very much needed to win this game for Arteta to salvage anything. But now, like we've started disastrously. I think we are going to be massive underdogs against Chelsea at home. Then City away. Like you say, we could be three games in zero points. Life and death games, Burnley away, Norwich away. Like, you know, and then we've got Tottenham Hotspur to really put the dagger in. I I think that, you know, you talked about death rattle, death spiral, of course. But for me, what is so grim about it is this was so utterly predictable. The, the signs have been there for so long and, and we are now reaping what we have sown. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're, I don't think you're wrong. I don't know how he gets out of um, this mess. And the sad thing about it is that team that he put out today was good enough to beat Brentford. And I think part of the reason that we played that way is the tone that he has obviously been setting behind the scenes. Not good enough. He needs someone to, um, he needs, he needs someone like Pep to pull him to one side and have a chat and explain to him how, how you get out of this situation because. We could be five games in and bottom of the table. That's how it, that's how it felt after that game. And I, I don't want to be too overly dramatic, um, but losing to Brentford and Brentford looking more dangerous um, is not a good sign. So let's um, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of the positives uh, because there were some positives in the game. Stanby Laconga looks a good player. He does. Right? He looks, there were some he good looks performances good. out there today. It wasn't all bad, to, to Matt's point. What's the what, what are we thinking of Sammy Lakonga? Well, they were decent individual performances, but I think that's the whole point. Is there was zero team, the team performance was zero out of ten, and then there was some okay individual performances. But get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with one eight hundred flowers from classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Yeah, I thought Sammy Laconga um, <laughs> sitting next to Jacker looks good. He plays a little bit more advanced, good range of passing, got around the pitch well, a little bit naive at times, like maybe adapting to the pace. Um, but he looks like he's going to be a really good signing for Arsenal. And at least there's one problem solved there. And, you know, uh, not to deviate from the signings point of view, like we're still missing Thomas Partey, um, who will come back in and elevate us immediately. Uh, we did lose both Lacazette and Aubameyang, but I, I, I thought I, I was happy about some of the midfield bits today. I thought that J- Jacker and Lokonga seem well, pretty solid. I know we don't mention this guy anymore, but, you know, we brought in this guy, Lokonga. He looks good. like the look of him a lot. Pretty silky. But is he any better than someone like Wenduzi? Because we had a player who came in who had a bit of, and I know he can be crazy, but, like... They seem it seems like similar levels to me. Like well, we bought we bought like like we're just like, treading it's like there's no incremental improvement. We're just bringing another player who's got a bit more verticality, who's maybe not an arsehole. But I don't what, know. what's the role of this what's 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 the role of this player, do you think? If Gwendozy was being picked up by someone other than Marseille despite begging every club in Europe to sign him this summer, I'd be a little bit more worried. I think the Congress got a higher ceiling, better leadership skills, and he's not a complete, you know, pain in the ass behind the scenes. So I'm, I don't want to rehash Gwendozy. I don't yeah. want to smirch the Congress name. Let's talk, this is about, let's make this about Sambi. I don't want to talk about Saliba. I don't want to talk about Gwendozy. I know Johnny's probably got, like he's got, he's been itching to get a, a bit of a, a Saliba dig in there. That's why he's going after Ben White. 
I was not going after Ben White. Let's be very clear, by the way. I was merely saying I think that there may be... He might not be the answer in terms of a a leadership at the back. But I think he was good. I I think there's lots of encouraging signs about Ben White. So let's talk about the Conga. And, you know, I I get what you mean, Matt, in terms of Gwen Doozy. But I I still, you know, I'm quite high on Gwen Doozy's actual overall talent. But it was a personality issue. And, And on that front... I'm kind of repeating the fact that he's been bouncing around clubs and there seems to be other stuff going on. Lakonga for me, looks really good. I think there's probably uh, a little bit more pace in him than what Gwendouzi ever offered. And I like I like Lakonga's work in tight spaces. He can move the ball quickly like yeah. those one-two. Gwendouzi was more of a rangy passer, you know. Um, so I think that Lakonga provides... Um, a, a better fit for what we're trying to do. And I've got to be honest, I've told you already, I'm obviously Arteta out. I'm looking at this for what pieces is the next manager going to find? I don't think Arteta is the guy. I think he's shown he's not. But I think that there are coaches out there that could get a hell of a lot more out of this squad, including um, a, a player like Sambi Lukonga, who's come in and his first game does not look out of place at all. Of course, when you're 19, you're going to make odd bits and bobs like errors. But but the fact is, is we shouldn't be relying on about five 19-year-olds in our team all at once because they're all going to make natural mistakes they would at that stage of their career. But I do think that with party in midfield as well, Lokonga will really start to shine because we get a little bit more protection in there um, between Xhaka, party and Lokonga, who is looking very good with his progressive passing um, and doesn't look too short in terms of physicality. But from an attacking point of view, in terms of actually, you know, our attacking squad up front, we just got to do miles better because whilst the system's not set up, there are some people who just don't look like they're up for it, quite frankly. And I'm going to say the name Nicolas Pepe creating this Pepe Le Pew creating quite the stink again. He just makes so many poor decisions. Uh, you know, I mean, we were watching it. We had the Lee Dixon commentary on Pepe and. You know, there are moments when there are players, he's got so many options and he's got two men on him. He's dragged two men out. And all he needs to do is just lay a simple ball inside and they're stretched. And he tries to take on two players on his own. And you're like, why? I, the thing that drives me crazy with Pepe is he's very fast. And when he gets ahead of speed, uh, when he's running at people, he's difficult to play against. And when he has his best games, he runs at people. But he's reverted back to that get the ball, stand still, weave in and out of two people, fall on the floor. And it's, it's over and over again. And that's, I think that's why he wasn't in the team before. Like when you look at Smith Rowe, he's always taking the ball on a turn or a run. He's always moving away from people. And Pepe does the opposite, which for a, for a winger, like I understand that there's a time and place for stopping, but he does it almost every time. He's easy. Yeah. He's, I, I, they're saying... Um, they were saying that Brentford did well to control him today. I, like, I don't think he's particularly hard to defend against. I don't think there is a lot of unpredictability in his game. And I think if anybody's stat, pat, uh, um, stat pads, it's it's Pepe. You talk about all the goals and assists that he gets, but he never feels like he shows up in a big game. And he certainly doesn't show up when you need a £72 million player to show up with something special. You know, when we went 1-0 down today, the one thing that I kept on thinking about is like, in, in the old days... Even in the old bad days under Wenger, there was always a player that could produce a moment of magic. And you're like, wow, that, that you just open up the game in a split second. And that second half, that last 20 minutes, I, I was like, where's the goal coming from? I don't like our 72 million pounds strikers, uh, not winger, um, isn't going to score one. Reese Nelson certainly isn't going to come up with the goods. Yeah. There, were, there were three players who were capable of changing the game, and that was Tierney. Smith Rowe and Saka. Yeah. Like those are the only three players. And the problem is, unless they're passing it to one of the other three in that list of names, it wasn't going to end well. Because every time that ball went to anyone else, they just miscontrolled it, shot over ten foot over the bar. And um, and it was and it was a disaster. But we those are the only three players that you can really rely on to consistently make the right decisions with the ball at their feet. Yeah, and even, and even and even Tierney was a bit off today, but but Smith Rowe and Saka they just got like a football brain, like they don't make the wrong decision. Like it may like they may be, they may not it may not come off, 
but they always, the intention is right. Whereas we've got so many players who their footballing brain is like, is, is wired wrong. Like, they just make so many poor decisions across, across the whole pitch. The problem is, though, Matt, is is, and I, I do agree with that. But the the problem is when you when you say there's people whose footballing brains just make you know are making them make the wrong decisions. That's where coaching comes in. You know, some of these guys, not all of them, are like footballing savants who have all the answers. You know, and are, are coming in at nineteen and just the best player on the pitch every week. Some of them need to be told what to do and when to do it. And if you're being force fed. Um, a, a tactical setup which has shown itself to be increasingly obsolete because you've got teams who are coming into the Premier League now and just knowing they can have their way with us. That is the first game of the season. And whilst you can talk about the mitigating circumstances with Ober and Lacquer out, although I would, you know, counter that with the fact that they've been shocking anyway. Um, so, you know, when you've got a team that is coming straight into the Premier League and they can just have their way with us then I would say that that has to be about the way that we're set up from a strategic point of view. And, and, and it's coming from the manager, unfortunately. So let's talk about that. Let's shift on to the next topic of, uh, that's, that's kind of hot. Uh, Ying and Lacazette are feeling unwell. Firstly, before we get into that, I don't understand. Like, if Arteta likes doing anything, when players are sick... He loves to be super ambiguous about it. When two 29, 30-year-old men get sick in the middle of August, I want to know what I want to know what's wrong. Is it was it a dodgy lasagna? Is it is it the COVID? Is it is it something else? And he kept, he comes out and he says they're just feeling unwell. Like, why does he have to be so ambiguous? Because that, to me, when you when you uh, when you answer a question that needs specifics and you answer it in a non-specific way, you open up the rumor mill. Half of Arsenal Twitter is saying they weren't unwell. We're selling them. We're getting rid of them. But I don't understand why you would want to create that sort of swirl. But you know what it is? It's like um, it, it's, it's it's a classic behavior of actually of, of like a narcissist of like you know, and it's that. Like, Emo- sort of emotional hostage taking. Just fucking say what it is. Just go. Oh, it's you know, it's really bad. Like they both woke up. They both got a cold. We're really hoping they'll be back for Chelsea. End of. Instead of this, like it's like we, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve the fucking truth. <laughs> uh, you know, just 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 talk to us as fans. We want to know everything that's going on in the club. That's the way things go now. There's no benefit to anything of not telling us. On that, on that fact, the, the, the thing is, is and, and I do, I agree with you, Matt. There's a wonderful word in there, narcissist. I do think he's narcissistic. I think he's got all the traits actually, and and it becomes more apparent as times moved on with Arteta. And and there's an arrogance with his approach to things. His lack of ability to learn and just persistently doing the same thing. I would call them mistakes. Um, just shows that first of all, uh, to hammer home on the point that we brought up towards the end of last season, when we brought in a new coach, one of the only things you hoped for him was that he was going to be able to innovate and adapt because he's got no blueprint that he's got, you know, history that, oh, that what that won me a league back five years ago, so I'll stick to it. No, you, you're not, you shouldn't be wedded to anything. Do what is, take the pragmatic approach um, and do what is best for the team to get out. But, but I think, what what we're hammering home on as well with how he treated this striker situation is the way that Arteta, I think we're still back onto that thing where he's trying to rule with an iron fist again. And he is trying to manage his PR so well. Like, you know, we keep everything in-house and clearly there's issues there. But like when when you have a happy home in terms of football, when you're playing good football, you're winning, you don't hear these things coming out because everyone buys into it. But the fact is, is not everyone is buying into this. And yet instead of focusing on getting us back to where we need to on the pitch, he's just trying to plug the holes in terms of a PR perspective to make it look, you know, like there's no issues. He's trying to piss on our head and tell, it's, tell us it's raining, unfortunately. And I think most Arsenal fans are seeing through it now. There are big issues they need sorting out and seriously addressing. And I personally would prefer to see uh, the next manager deal with it. 
Hello? <laughs> Sorry. We're back in. There we go. Yeah, so uh, I, 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 think, I think it was a really odd move. But bigger question that I wanted to ask uh, about the strikers. Sorry, I was changing the banner because uh, somebody said in the comments that I hadn't capsed it. I love that we've got um, people that notice design aspects like that. Matt runs a design studio. Um, mm. So a bigger question is, we were all very excited not to have Lacazette and Aubameyang in the side today. We have all been creating propaganda for Martinelli, um, Balogun and Pepe. Do we think if Lacazette and Aubameyang had started today, it, there would have been a different outcome? Did yeah. we miss them? 100% we missed them. And I think 100% it would be a different outcome. That doesn't mean that what happened that, that, that is an excuse. There's no excuses. You've got, you, have a, you have a team. But, you know, one of the things, I mean, the strikers, they look like little boys. Balogun looked like, he looked about eight years old. You know, even though he's fucking massive and looks like a fucking racehorse, he, he just looked like a little kid. Martinelli looked like a little kid. Pepe looked like a little kid. Um, so, and I think, you know, you can't underestimate even just the physical presence of Obama Yang is just such a, even, even bad Obama Yang is still, he still has something about him. You, John, know, you, you can't underestimate that. Johnny, do we owe uh, Lacazette and Obama Yang an apology after all getting excited that they weren't in the game today? No, I don't. And I think that um, ultimately it comes down to this is, an, is one of the biggest issues that we face right now. Aubameyang and Lacazette don't play well in this team. I, I, I'll save that. I, I, I'll redress that, I should say. Lacazette plays well in terms of his build-up play. Aubameyang, this system has never suited him. He's not played well for a very long time. And I personally am worried that that's the end of Aubameyang's good day, certainly whilst playing in an Arteta setup anyway. And you, the only argument you could make, realistically, when you look at Aubameyang's deterioration... Um, is that maybe some of the newer, younger players are better suited. They're more entrenched in Arteta's philosophy and a, a system that is based on high pressing and, you know, forward dynamism, which Arteta is supposedly trying to enforce. That's going to be more suited to Martinelli's and Balogun's or whatever. But when you see that they come in and they look lost as well, and we can't just go back to our uh, Aubameyang in there because we know he, d- he doesn't thrive in it. The only one who I think we definitely lacked was actually Lacquer. We lacked a Lacazette today because he does at least link the play far yeah. better than, say, a Balogun who who just was on the peripheries of the game because he wasn't getting him. He was just like what Anketia does where you're just trying to poach a goal, but you're not actually getting involved in the setup, the build-up. And without our number nine... Being that link up, basically the only time we look even remotely coherent is when Lacquer's playing there and he brings Smith Rowe and sometimes Pepe or Martinelli or whatever into the game through his post play. So he can, you know, he can he can play in those runners and he can take the ball into feet and give it off quick. That's the only way that we ever look coherent. But we all know as Arsenal fans that Lacazette's in his in his last days as a as a top football player. Aubameyang, it looks like in in a similar in a similar boat, and we need to now find a new way of playing. This is why I'm going returning to the coach situation. I think that we need to find a new way to get the best out of these players that we have. And even when it comes down to, and I know that Ball have no bottle, and they won't sack him anytime soon. Um, but we need a new coach to be, you know, informed or, or consulted upon. With whilst there are still some. Um, days left in the transfer market and say, if you wanted to come into Arsenal, what areas would you need us to enforce? They should know anyway, but I don't have trust that they do. And we start seriously trying to get a couple of players through the door in our particular areas of drastic need, right back, striker, there needs to be a solution found one way or another, and and creative midfielder. There are no ifs and buts. One of the other things we haven't even talked about, goalkeeper. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think but we no. need to have a chat about the goalkeepers because the, the, this, is, this is another area. Like, firstly, Bert Leno having a stinker again. I mean, you, you, know you're, you know you're having a bad day. Like, early on when he passed the ball to Pablo Maria, Maria turned around and said, well, why did you do that to me? Why did you pass that ball to me? But uh, another performance 
that reeks of a man that's not focused. Um, he wants out, doesn't he? He yeah. wants out. He's not improving. There's obviously something going wrong with the, the keeping coach that they've got at the, at the club. And once again, Arteta has not made a move on fixing that problem. And the bigger worry that I have, I, we the, the right back and the striker and the central attacking midfielder are the most important positions for me. That we're going to let a manager under the, as much pressure as Mikel Arteta pull the trigger on 30 million for Aaron Ramsdale. I mean, like, it doesn't, you know, when it was Arsene Wenger and he'd do these weird things back in the day <sighs> after winning the league, you'd say, all right, well, if Arsene wants to spend that much money on a right wing back from Juventus, let him do it because he's he's got he, he's got the receipts. Aaron Ramsdale coming in to fix our goalkeeping problem now looks like we're uh, switching out into a into a younger version, and, and so I, I, I'm concerned. I would I would prefer to get Forster from Southampton or somebody like that. Just just get somebody in. I don't know why we didn't just keep Matt Ryan. I know, yeah, and and, and I know it's it's good with his feet, and, and I know it's Twitter speak, but uh, this O'Nana is just like the Ajax keeper. But why not just getting him? Get it, get it done. New number one for ten million. For ten million, uh, played then, in the Champions League. And then you've got Leno until then. Leno goes because he wants to go at the end of the season. Then you bring in a number two. It's it's like I know it's not always as simple as it looks when you're on the outside and you don't have to deal with any of it. But uh, it doesn't. It also doesn't look like it should be twenty five, thirty million for a Sheffield United goalkeeper. And you just look at it and you go. I have no problem with us spending 80 million on Ben White and a goalkeeper if we're spending another 280 million on a striker, a central attacking midfielder and a right back. What I do have a problem with is when we're not, we're not even reinforcing. And, and, and the striker position, I mean, we, we talked about it. D- does anyone hold out any hope that we're, 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 we're going to buy a striker? No chance. Well, we're not going to, are we? No, we're it's, being... it's only Tammy Abraham is the only you know realistic that maybe might come through. I don't, I don't even back us to do that. But you know, the thing is, is it, it is grim. It is really grim when you think about it. But from a goalkeeper's point of view, you, you, you know, the Onana, the Onana thing seems obvious, and I'm only willing to say, oh, it can't be obvious if you know we're in a situation where we start playing games and actually we look better than what we were, then you can start saying, oh, maybe there might be more to these, you know, to this football management than what it seems. And maybe Arteta knows something else. And Leno was, you know, has told him that he's dedicated and he's focused. But no, sometimes it is just obvious. Sometimes the coach is the last to know. And when the coach is the last to know, that's when they need to be replaced because they can't see the wood from the trees. He's back to yeah. looking like a lost man on the sidelines again. And that is what hurts the most as an Arsenal fan when you're like, I've got no faith in this geezer to turn it around. And to be honest, it's just now, how long is this going to go on before we pull the trigger? And is our season going to be an absolute mess by the time someone else will go? You know, who knows? Because it's just another year down the shitter. And, it, and, it, and it's tough to deal with on that front. Yeah, it, it's this is not this is not the opening podcast. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want this to be the opening podcast. I wanted a nice, easy one. Three nil, three nil. Can we? Let's, if we beat Chelsea, we can have a great season. Uh, you know, instead of instead of this this nonsense. Yeah. So um, let's finish. Uh, we'll finish out on a final topic. Uh, what what can save us? What what can what what are the basics that we need to address? to get through the next two horror show games? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, what, what Arteta can do, first of, all, first of all, obviously, if Lacazette can come back in, I think he needs to be straight back in the team. He makes the team play better. Um, I think, I don't even want to say his name, but I I would rather have Bellerin in than Callum Chambers at right back. I, you know, at least he's actually a right back. He can yeah. get forwards. Um, but again, we need we need signings. Um, we were speaking last week, Pete, and we're talking about you know signings that need to come in. This centre attacking midfielder needs in. I talked about James Madison. I thought he was the right energy, the right kind of vibe of what we need. Whoever goes into that position needs 
the one thing that was exciting to see when you see about Smith Rowe is that ability to pick the ball up kind of in the deep, like deep position of the opposition's like where they're holding midfielder, to quickly turn and they'll be running at their back line with that dynamism. And and one of the fears, and I don't want to get accused of slagging him off, but with Erdegaard, for instance, who I do think is a good player, but he hasn't got that same speed and dynamism. He's got incisive passing, but he slows us down. And I think we need pace. We need to reinforce ourselves with pace and ball carriers. So I think we need an attacking midfielder. I'd be more interested in Hossemois than I would Erdegaard personally. Certainly not interested in Erdegaard for loads of money um, because I think there are personally better options out there, even though I do think he's a good player and he can improve. Um, and I think that in terms of the, the way that we set up, um, as quickly as I'm not sure Mari's the best partner for um, uh, for uh, Ben White. You know, and maybe it is even a case of putting either bringing Rob Holding back in or, or putting Callum Chambers there and giving them a go. But I think that, um, as, you know, we have to hope that Party's injury doesn't last for much longer as well and he can slot back in because he will add, he will make us a little bit more solid. But ultimately, I do think this is the sad thing that, you know, what can save us now? Unfortunately, I think a lot of these issues are terminal because I think it's the way that we've been set up and I think it's the way that being coached. And unfortunately, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost with this one. And I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Matt, what, what saves us? I think a win against Chelsea. Um, next home game, I think the Emirates will be, everyone's going to be soaked. It's going to be the first time back with a full house for everyone in a long time. I think the atmosphere is going to be absolutely fucking bouncing. I think everyone will want to beat Chelsea. I think we've got a good record against Chelsea. I think there's every chance that we can beat them, that we'll find a performance to beat them. And then I think that's the way football is, right? Everyone will forget about Brentford if we beat the European Cup winners at home next week. And so that that could that could also be a be a be a turning point and hope and this could just be an aberration. The problem is the fixtures have been so unkind with City afterwards. So it's just we just we just gotta like get through it. Um the other hope, I guess, is that you look at the the KSC, look at look at today, and go fuck me. We are we 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 need to bring in reinforcements. Otherwise, this is gonna this is gonna go south quick, and we could make maybe make and invest more money than we were previously going to. Because you know you can't watch that today and think that it's going to be anything other than a long hard season. So that 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 could that could be good. And then we need to make some big moves in, in, in the transfer window. But, you know, I've got to say, it's it's spunking a load of cash for the coach who doesn't feel like we know. I don't really feel like he knows what he's doing at the moment. And um, it's sort of worrying. Like, because otherwise it's like we bring in someone else and it's just, you know, it's, it's like it, it's perpetuating the cycle. So, you know, hopefully they're young players with sell on value and, and interesting. Things, but you know, you begin to question things like the Joe Willock deal, not because it's not, it's probably not the right thing to do, it probably is the right thing to do. But you know, we're letting, we're letting, there's so many players who need to be let go at Arsenal before Joe Willock, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, what can say was now being Chelsea, and then everyone will be buzzing and feeling good and go from there, you know. That's all, we, all you can do. Beat, beat Chelsea, ship out some players, and plug those gaps. Who are you actually going to ship out, though? I, I, I mean, no, no one wants better. No one, no, no one wants any of our players, and that's the. There's no, there's no but, middle market. But the bit I don't understand is if you're better in or and and Arsenal, haven't you been talking to clubs and 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 figuring it out for the last six months? And there is no way that Bellerin is not. I think Bellerin is, is remains one of the best right backs in Europe, but he's just never ever going to do it at Arsenal. It's just that we everyone needs a change of scene. Like if you wouldn't be surprised if he went to Juventus and won the Scudetto five times in a row and was player player team of the team of the year. You wouldn't. He's got the ability. It's just through really no fault of anyone. 
it's just come to an end. We're just yeah. a bit, little bit tired of each other. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Bellerin's a poor player. I just don't think that we're going to see uh, good seasons for him anymore. Right. Yeah, it's, it's done now. And uh, you know, we thank him for his service. He's been a good servant to Arsenal. But you know, um, yeah, there, there, there's lots that need to be done. But one thing that is abundantly clear is we're not one player away from you know being in good shape anymore. And um, yeah, I, I, it, it definitely is concerning. Are we are we going to do comments today, Pete? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap the show and then we'll do questions after. This is to wrap the end of the podcast. Oh, Thank okay. you for listening for the podcast. You know where to go. Get on and give a five-star review um, in iTunes. Um, no more comments about the shirt. Uh, <laughs> I will not be wearing this shirt again. You cancelled my haircut and now you're coming for my clothes. Uh, so thanks for listening. Now we'll get into some comments on Twitch. Johnny, what's caught your eye? Um, right, yeah, so there's lots of people firing in here. Um, a lot of people <clears throat> are out here saying, um, you know, obviously we need a new manager. The name Conte is floating around and that's where I wanted to go with it. Um, I think that some people are like, you know, Conte wouldn't touch us. There was a guy here who's saying he doesn't believe that Conte would come. Uh, Chandler2208 is saying get Antonio Conte though and... I agree. I think that that is where we should be going. I think that he has been out of work for long enough. And I think that we're lucky um, with regards to Conte because having been at Chelsea, he knows what Arsenal are about. He knows the stature of the club and he knows that they can be a lot better. And he's also shown an ability to come into a struggling Premier League team who are woefully underperforming and turn it around and have dramatic success really, really fast. So, but the one thing when when the dirty mob Tottenham went after him, uh, the the reason why that broke down was that he wasn't promised money to spend. And this is why I'm saying, pull the plug with Arteta. Get the dude out of there. Go. Out the door, mate. You're done. It's not worked out. And the say to Conte, well, well, has it it's though? It's already gone. Has it? I mean, to buy now. if that is the case... Then, first of all, I would also, you know, when we're talking about Ben White coming in for 50 million, that, that doesn't look like a good deal because he, if we've got a limited budget, 50 million pounds on Ben White was not is not shrewd by any stretch. I, I think that they've got money for a backup goalkeeper and uh, 30 million and, and for a backup card. goalkeeper is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's obscene, yeah. You could get an amazing right back for that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, I mean, yeah, Little Bigfoot here is saying he Conte demands spending power. And I, I think we we deserve to actually, you know, to, to go in there and give him just that, give him some reassurances that we would have money to reinvest and, and he could get rid of who he wanted. But I don't think that we can keep throwing bad money after good with Arteta when it doesn't look like he's going to be the guy who's going to be in charge after Christmas. So, you know... I've, I would like us to be quite blunt and to the point and, and make big decisions early, hopefully. I like this comment from Raptora from the Grove comments. Arteta can just resign if he loves Arsenal so much. <laughs> I think that, that is a little bit ambitious. Um, I love this one from Louis on Twitch. St. Saint Ranick. Still on the market, doing a bit of consultancy work here and there, looking for a big Premier League club or a big club in general. I wouldn't say no to Ranić. I think it would change. Don't think he would do well with our players. I'm not sure that we're quite built for him. But obviously, uh, a history of working at small clubs and making them better. Could he do it at a big club? You wouldn't rule it out. Speaks very good English. Um, and also, just to go back to the Conte thing, I don't think Conte would come to Arsenal. I think he he doesn't work well with young players. Uh, he doesn't leave clubs in particularly good shape. And he wants control over transfers. And we all saw what happened at Chelsea when he was allowed to buy his own players. Danny Drinkwater still is still in that squad. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that, that about wraps it up, I think, guys. We've done one hour. Um, it was cathartic. I don't feel better. I still feel miserable. Johnny, do you want to tell us uh, where we can find you on the internet? Yeah, um, I'm on my socials at I Johnny Cochran. It should be yeah on somewhere anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, you can follow me on that. Talk Arsenal and sometimes doing comedy and letting me know about letting you guys know about gigs that I might be doing. So yeah, at I Johnny Cochran on all my socials and on Twitch.
Matt, do you tell people where they can find you on the internet? No, no, I'll be back. I mean, <laughs> he's a lurker. He's a lurker on the internet. All right. Um, on that note, thank you. Tune in to uh, another Twitch episode. We'll do an on the whistle uh, for the next game. It'll probably be just as miserable as this, but at least we're doing it together. Uh, on that note, I think I feel a bit better. I feel a little bit better. No, on that right. note, ciao for now. Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Streaming on Peacock. It's the girls' trip of a lifetime. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Oh, my God, this thing right. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. It's the party now. And there's no party like a housewives party. I don't give a f- You're not a girl's girl. Why would you say that? Find out what happens when the forecast brings sunshine and a whole lot of shade. You are so self-absorbed. It's crazy. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. 